Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood. As we continue this two-month Halloween extravaganza tour of Camp Blood, doing the whole Friday the 13th series that were made in the 80s. (laughs) Brother, up next, if you like final installments that are not final installments, if you like uh, a book of kids... Or, or kids being booked to have sex and, and being and, and being killed. If you like this guy named Rob who just like shows up because of his sister and he just gets killed really easy. And then if you like Jason getting a knife to the eye, this is the review for you, brother. Because wow. the Retro Blood is doing Friday the 13th, uh, or the final one. The final one. The final, final chapter. chapter. The final yeah. chapter. No more Jason. Right? This is no it, No more brother. after this. There will never. What are we mm. gonna do next month? I know. There's no more Jason. Well, the, I, I don't know what to do now, Allison, because we booked <laughs> the the whole Friday the Thirteenth series to be two months, and now this is the hit. Like, yeah. Well, talk this about a swerve. The end. This is the last one. There's, ne- there's not ever gonna be another one. I mean, there's have to figure something yeah. out. I guess. Due to our boys at Paramount, they're like, we don't want this, brother. So we're making this the final one. <clears throat> until next year. Okay, until until you know, until so year. we don't know what we don't know what's gonna happen. So JK Klein, J. Allison, what's going on, Allison? How's your day going so far? Oh, you know, um pretty good. It's pretty good. I had a. I remember a couple of weeks ago you told your story about your Taco Bell fast food run in, and I mentioned how I never go to fast food anymore because uh uh, because of the shitty service and how terrible it is. Yes. And uh, I had a similar, I had a similar experience this past week too. So, uh, so I wanted to bring that up to you and let you know about that. So this is what happened to me. So I tried to go to Popeyes because Popeyes is a novelty to me because we never had them here before. Okay. So like you know, and I, I like those ghost pepper wings that they have. Those are kind of cool. So I, I ordered online because if you don't order online at Popeye's, it takes like 45 minutes to get your food. I really don't know why or why it takes so long to cook anything, but it does. So I ordered it online and then uh, I decided to go pick it up, right? And then when I pick it up, I always just sit in the restaurant and eat it. And it was like 90 degrees, right? So it's hot as fuck outside. So I get to the Popeye's to pick it up and the lobby's closed. Ah. So like the drive through is open, out? I guess. Right, right. The lobbies, the lobby's open, but uh, the, or the drive-through's open, but the lobby's closed because they don't have enough people 
to run the lobby, which I don't know how much more people it takes, but whatever. So I get there and I get through the drive through and I'm like, you know, I got to pick up order, but you know, to be honest with you, I don't, re- I don't really want to sit in my car in 90 degree weather and eat this. So I'd like, can I just cancel it and just get a refund? So then I pull through through the drive through and then of course they can't, can't cancel my order, but she's like, but you can cancel it on the uh, app. So I go through the app. I pull over to the, to their parking spots, which luckily were open. And then, um, I cancel it on the app and they give me a refund for it. So like, okay. So I'm like, all right, well fine. Fuck it. I'll just go to like Zaxby's or something. I'll get a chicken sandwich. So I go to Zaxby's, which I guess is open, but you can't get into their parking lot because they've got people repainting the numbers at like noon on a Monday, <laughs> like 1 p.m. on a Monday. Like, why would you not do this after the after the restaurant closes? Well, like, they were. Why booked. would this not be an job? I guess they were booked to do that at the middle of the fucking day. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, fuck it. I'll just. I'm not even going to eat fast food today. So I didn't eat fast food because their service is so shitty that. It just keeps me from eating it. Well, I'm telling you, man. Like, Which is actually good for me. Yeah. Really. I mean, yeah, technically it's good, but like, fuck, bro. It's just so it's just so shitty out there in those those fast yeah. places nowadays. It's but. unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable how bad service is. You think in 1984, yeah. I bet the service is pretty good, brother. I bet it was better than this. You know what I mean? Like our boy Jimmy. I bet he can get. I bet he likes Popeyes. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure, I'm sure he does. I bet he got it pretty. He looks easy. like a Popeyes eater. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I mean this one is um, this one's very interesting. So when we, I wouldn't say I forgot about this one, but mm-hmm. I do remember liking this one more than I did watching it over again. That's for sure. But uh, this okay. one, yeah, I mean it's not bad. I like it, but I I remember like really liking this one in like the past. But there, there it yeah. is really it still is pretty good. Like so far, we really had we. Really haven't had like a dud Jason movie yet. No, not yet. Not so they've yet. been they've been pretty strong. We will though. <laughs> yeah, we will. Yes, but they've been pretty strong so far. I think this is like the 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 golden era of the Jason movies right here, you know, or the Friday the Thirteenth movies, you know, from number one to number four. So yeah, but uh, it has a, a lot of interesting uh, facts to it too that we'll get into. Mm-hmm. But uh, you drinking any beer right now or no? Um. Yeah, I'm drinking uh, a Modelo, actually. Nice. I'm keeping the uh, Oktoberfest uh, over the train rolling the Oktoberfest over here doing the uh, the local Boo Gym Oktoberfest. And I was kind of disappointed, though, in this film because we didn't really see, like, any, like... Like, we've been going strong of seeing, like, beer in every Friday the 13th movie so far. And this one, I didn't see any. So, I mean, I, I know... No, that, no beer in this. There's a lot of weed. Yeah, a lot of weed. And I know the kids, they, they looked like yeah. they were drinking in the house, but I think they were doing the red cups. And the red, yeah, the red cup thing. Like, yeah. I remember that. Like, I remember doing red cup thing. Like, during high school, we'd go, like, and drink, <laughs> drink, drink beer out of the red cups. Yeah. Um, I say I'm drinking Modelo, but it's actually out of my reach. And I, I can't reach it. So I'm going to have to, like, go grab it, I think. Hey, brother. Just if grab out, grab out for hang me. tight for just a second. <laughs> let me, let me get my head, headset off here and go grab my. Well, I'll talk to everybody. I'll be right back. Because we're going to be doing the fucking history, brother. I'll just talk to everybody right yeah, now. T- yeah, talk to the people and I'll be right back. Yeah, buddy. Well, I'm doing the uh, Oktoberfest. Anybody out there, last episode I was talking about Oktoberfest. You know, it is the season to do the Oktoberfest. So everybody, cheers out there if you're listening to the Retro Buddy, if you're drinking a beer. 
Cheers one to you. You know we're avid drinkers on this show, brother. It makes the horror movies go that much more smoother. And when Allison gets back, we will do some of the history because, boy, <laughs> do we got a uh, do we got a little doozy over here on the history, especially when it comes to the pro wrestling side of everything. So, but um, the uh, the release date. Mm. For, yeah. For, for are you back? You back, brother? Did I'm you get your <laughs> Modelo? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I got to open my Modelo here. That's good. Well, just Let's like get it going. Well, just like our boy Rob, you're a little late to the party, brother. Oh, am I? Mm-hmm. Am I? Talk about being late. Yeah, you're the one to talk about being late. I'm always late. Bro. Oh, I like that sound, brother. I like it. Anyway, we're going to be talking about uh April 13th, 1984. Woo! So, we went from so we we pretty Wait much a Was it a Friday? Uh, ooh, I didn't look it up, but April 13th, it probably was a Friday. That'd be cool if this movie came out on Friday the 13th. That'd be freaking awesome. Well, most of most of them do. Not all of them, but most of them do try to uh, line it up with the Friday the 13th. We can look it up really quick. Let me go on my little calendar here. Let's see. We got to go to 1984. I'll scroll all the way back to the iPhone calendar and see see what it says for April 13th, 1984, brother. I mean, surely it came out in, on on a Friday. It had to. Let's see. We're almost there. All right. 1984. It's April. No, it's 85. April, 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 April. Man. There we go. Yep. It was a Friday, brother. April 13th, 1984 was a Friday the 13th. So this movie actually came out on Friday the 13th. That's yeah. amazing. So I, I think a lot of them try to like line up like that. So. Um, but let's, uh, let's get into the, uh, to the wrestling. Cause you know, a- every retro blood, we like yeah. to do the uh, history. T- yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was warning them when you were gone. This is going to be a pretty fun story. Um, but you know, for people who are new to the show, every retro blood, we always do talk about what's happening in the world of pro wrestling and the metal music. Why do we do that? Well, because if you're watching horror movies, you know, nine times out of 10, you're probably listening to some metal. You know what I mean? And then nine times in the ten, you might be checking out a pro wrestling show. So, but on this particular episode, we're not going to be talking about an actual wrestling show, but we're going to be talking about an actual wrestling arrest. All right? Some uh, some drama over here. So, two wrestlers that we have talked about on the show before. Okay? One being Ken Batera who has been known to be, you know, a very uh, uh, man's man wrestler, I would say. And one Mr. Saito, all right, from the Orient, okay. They were uh, uh, going around a local uh, McDonald's. So, Allison, did you ever have any trouble at the McDonald's before? Yeah, I have all kinds of trouble with the McDonald's. I don't even go to the McDonald's anymore because there's so much trouble there like it's just like it's 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 never ending it's like the worst of the fast food you know what's funny though so i had a fast food um story (laughs) that i did on the podcast Mm -hmm. and now i I, I did it for the uh jason number two and now you have a fast food story uh for this one jason number four for for, all right right yeah it could be friday the 13th whatever guys jason friday is the same shit so what's funny is that this is like the ultimate 
uh, I get pissed off at fast food story right here. Okay. Yeah, I can totally relate to the story, by the way. <laughs> exactly. All right. So let me uh, let me uh, put a little scenario for everybody. All right. <laughs> I believe this happened in Wisconsin. Okay. Yep. So this Waukesha, ha- Wisconsin. Yeah, Waukesha, Wisconsin, brother. You know what I mean? Hot territory. They were working for the AWA at the time, which we have talked many times about that on the show, the AWA run by Vern Gagne. And, you know, this is 1984. So this actually happened in uh, April of 1984. I believe it happened a couple days before this Friday the 13th movie came out. Um, just maybe this like a day, or, a day or two before this actually happened. So probably happened, I would say, on the yeah. April 10th, April 10th or April 11th. So it was after a show. Okay, and like I was saying before, Ken Bateer is known as like a man's man kind of wrestler, and Mr. Saito was a no slouch himself. Okay, they were both pretty big guys. So the story is that they 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 had a uh, uh, their hotel was like a Holiday Inn, all right, and they yeah. got done with the show, and like many wrestlers do, they like to eat after the show because you know. You get in that wrestling ring. You're probably not eating for a, like a, a long period of time. Like you don't want to eat a bunch before you go on to the match. You usually probably eat your yeah, stuff after exactly. the match or after the show is over with. You know, you, that's where sure. you have a little late night dinner because um, they don't really have traditional yeah. dinners with them. They usually just eat right after the show because you don't want to be bloated going on to the ring. Exactly. So they got to the local McDonald's in uh, uh, what, what was the city called? Warsaw? Waukesha, Wisconsin. Waukesha, yeah. Wa- Waukesha, yeah. Yeah. I believe they, it. They nice got to that. the... So if, if we were around <laughs> Wisconsin, around 1984, brother, this would have been something to see. So they go to the McDonald's, and it's about midnight, and this McDonald's is closed. All right, so the story goes, mm-hmm. and this has been reported many times through different sources, that... Uh, saw somebody in the window. I was like, Hey, you know, can I just get some food? Uh, whatever you guys have left, I'll buy it. And the guy at the McDonald's like, no, no, I can't sell you anything. We're closed. We're just closed. I'm not going to sell you nothing. And I'm not sure if the, the guy was being a dick, you know what I mean? Or maybe it was some fucking kid taking forever at the fucking window, laughing at him. I have no idea. But our boy Kemetera is like, that ain't working for me, brother. All right. I asked for some food. You're just laughing at me or you're doing something. I'm going to take a 30-pound brick or boulder, whatever yeah. story you read, and I'm going to chunk it through the fucking window, you brat. Right at you. So that's what he did. He got super pissed off. He couldn't eat his McDonald's, so he took a 30-pound yeah. boulder and threw it through the window. Right. That's not even the craziest so, part. Right. That's not even the craziest part of the story. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, they were closed. You know, if they're closed, they're closed. Yeah. Sorry. You know, go to the, go to the Waffle House or whatever equivalent is and well they probably didn't have that. no they got something like that though surely that probably you can eat at but, but yeah i mean we're kind of the same way like when we go to a wrestling show we kind of like tend to eat after the show too sometimes you know it's just like uh, sometimes yeah you know we just like uh you know use all your energy up and you don't want to eat a bunch before the show because you feel bloated yeah so you just uh go to the show four hours five hours later try to get something to eat it's not always easy to do at 11 12 o'clock at night it's true. Definitely wasn't easy for Campatera, and yeah. then he decided to throw a thirty-pound rock through the window. Yeah, brick, rock, boulder, whatever the hell they—it was thirty mm. pounds. That's the uh, only consistency to the story. Right. So what happens is they go back to their hotel at the Holiday Inn. All right, 
And the local McDonald's person was like, you know, what the fuck's going on here? And I'm not sure if it was the person that they threw the rock at or as a manager, but somebody recognized like, hey, that's a fucking wrestler. <laughs> right. Like I saw that guy on the fucking TV. So they, they called the cops on these guys. And the cops, apparently, it was like some like 19-year-old girl who was like brand new to the force and some, some other guy. And they go to the wrestler's hotel room. All right. So they think it's just going to be like a normal, okay, a, a disturbance at the, uh, you know, a disturbance at the McDonald's. You know, normal, like, you know, not normal, but like, okay, <laughs> they're going to give him a ticket for throwing the fucking rock through the window. You know what I mean? Like, right. they got mad at anger. I'm going to give you a ticket. You know what I mean? Might have to do a court appearance. Not. So what happens is, though, <laughs> the wrong person opens the door. Okay. So yeah. Mr. Saito is, like I was saying, he's from, you know, Japan. And he didn't speak that well of English. Okay? Yes. So he didn't really... So he has these two cops. He doesn't even probably... I don't know if he even knew they were cops or not. And he was like... They were like wanting to come in. He was like, no, you can't come in. Like, he doesn't want them to come in. Like, he, he doesn't know who these people are, you know? And so the cops make their way in. And next thing you know, Mr. Saito and Ken Batera are roughing up these two cops inside their hotel room. So they're roughing up this girl, like pushing her around, and they even do like wrestling holds on them. <laughs> like they do like yeah. headlocks, they do like knees to the back and stuff. They start beating up the other cop inside their whole hotel room. So there's this big scuffle. And then more police show up, okay? And they were surprised to see that these wrestlers were beating the hell out of these cops. And then this one cop pulls a gun on them. And they basically, when that one cop pulls a gun on them, that's when they kind of decided to to stop, and they even since then, even from then, they were kind of hesitant to stop because Pentaros, you're gonna pull that gun on me and shit. So they basically get arrested yeah. for this, and the story is that like they, they probably just wrestled like the next day or something, or they wrestled like you know they just they didn't they didn't actually go to trial for this incident until like 1985. And then they did get, like, two years. Like, I, Ken Patera was working for the WWF at the time when he went to trial for this yes. case. And he got arrested, okay? They both did. And the supposed it was supposed to be, like, almost for, like, they could have got him for, like, 10, 15 years. Because, you know, you're, you're breaking property. You're roughing up police people. But apparently the story is they only got two years. And then next thing you know, after that, Mr. Saiti goes to Japan and wrestles Anoki. All right, and some sort of like crazy like island matchup, and then Ken Patera mm-hmm. becomes a big ba- baby face with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> like it's yep. just like so crazy to think like these guys are like roughing up people, destroying property, go to jail for two years. Well, we'll just make them baby faces after that, brother, because they're rebels. Might as well. Yeah. Might as well. But yeah, I mean, and so but they didn't. Did he actually serve time though? Did he actually serve two years in jail? Yeah, they were saying that they actually did. Uh, well, the story. The, the thing is. From 1985 to 1987, you know, when I was doing some research, there wasn't, like, a whole lot yeah. going on with them at the time. So, they think that they, they were serving, like, at least two years in jail. Okay. Which they were supposed to be, like, almost 15 to 10, but they got it down to two. All right? So, right. So, I, I mean, that was just going through a couple of sources when I could. I mean, they could have gotten no... I mean, I'm pretty sure they did get some, like, jail time, at least for, for the incident. You know, you pretty much had to because they were... Uh, they were going pretty hard on them to try to get them uh, convicted of this. Well, yeah, I mean, they beat up a bunch of cops. I mean, if they yeah. if that hadn't happened, 
like if they just been like, look, you know, or I, I fucked up, you know, I'll pay for it or whatever. Yeah, that would have been one thing, but but yeah, but he beat up that cop, and one of them was like nineteen years old. Yeah, it's and, crazy. You know, that's that's why that yeah. happened. Sure but it's crazy. That. Like afterwards, like you know, nowadays they've been shunned, gotten you know, felony and all this shit. They could probably even yeah. get shot by these cops. You know, it depends what area they're in. But like it just it just so it's just crazy to think like afterwards oh yeah we just had a great you know wrestling career afterwards you know just a legendary story you know <laughs> it's just crazy that, to think. that never really affected them much yeah yeah because you know like crazy. you know nowadays you see that shit you're pretty much like almost done you know especially with all the reporting that goes out now oh yeah absolutely so a pretty crazy story um, yeah. I would say in the uh, the world of the of the pro wrestling so you got any thoughts about the story. Uh, I mean, I, I can relate, like I can understand, like, yeah. you know, I can understand like going to a place and spending money or wanting to spend money and then you just get really terrible service. So you just like want to throw a rock the window. I can totally relate to that. Get that, get that food rage, brother. All right. Yeah. Food rage. Like I can definitely see that. Like, you know, especially like after a show and I'm hungry and I want to go eat something like, yeah, but I can be- see like, uh. Yeah, throwing a rock through a window or taking a machete to a bunch of teenagers' heads. I can yeah. understand that. Yeah, yeah, I can understand. You know, makes perfect sense. I to mean, me. they were on his land that wasn't really like. I, guess. <laughs> I, see, I, see, I like how they changed it, where it's like he doesn't just kill in Crystal Lake; he has to kill or around the whole lake. The whole lake is his land. Okay, well, not yeah, this, I mean, not stop this, going to the fucking lake. Not not the There's camp blood lake area. There. Not the camp blood area. The whole region. It's all on Yeah, like when are these people going to learn? Just go somewhere yeah. else. Just go somewhere else, brother. You're right. It's like you never like. I don't know. We'll talk about it when we talk about the movie. But like nobody's ever heard of these things happening. Well, they you know got a party. <laughs> <laughs> they're booked. So uh, they're booked. The the end of the story. I'm pretty sure there was massive amount of cocaine being used at the time as well. That was going to be the thing I was going to bring up. Like yeah. Mr. Saito probably didn't want him to go into the hotel room because there's insane amounts of cocaine. In there it. has to be. I That's mean, that, that had to be part yeah. of it that they're covering or didn't. Uh, come on now, we know we know mm-hmm. that's in there because <laughs> come on, everybody knew in the '80s all these pretty much all these not every single wrestler obviously, but most of them. Okay, uh, they were on most the them, uh, yeah. they were on the good old white powder there, brother. Yeah, and it, and it's weird though. Like I've heard, like this may or may not be true, but I've heard that uh, the one wrestler that I thought would be totally coked out, Hulk Hogan, was really just in the weed. Yeah, like when he wasn't when he wasn't working, he just liked to sit on his couch, get high, and just like hang out. Really cool, chill dude. Supposedly, you never know a Hogan though. Supposedly, right? So speaking of uh, snorting some good old uh, cocaine, <laughs> we. <laughs> We got uh, Venom we're going to be talking about over here um, when it comes Venom. to their... Yeah, the Venom. We talked about them before. Good old thrash band. Yep. You know Back what I mean? on the retro blood. Back on the retro blood. But, you know, really good thrash band. Probably like one of the mm-hmm. early thrash bands out there, I would say, that uh, mixed yeah. mixed in the old uh, uh, satanic stuff on their albums, I would say. Yeah, they were definitely ahead of their time. You know, they were... Uh... You know, they supposedly invented black metal yeah. because they had a song called Black Metal, but they were definitely ahead of their time, uh, Venom. And I'm assuming since it's 1984, you're talking about the album At War With Satan. Yeah, buddy. At oh, War yeah. With Satan. So this one actually, had, do, you, do you know a lot about this album or no? Because I see that I was kind of interesting. Not a lot. I don't have a lot. I know a lot about it. I do, I do, I'm very familiar with the tra- title track. Yeah. Um, 
you know how it's like it, it's one of those things where the title track's really really long like it's like 15 minutes long um but um i do like how it kind of starts out with, with uh you know the singer like doing that kind of like kind of like a i guess you call it a scream but it's just like Bleh! and then the song starts that's i think that's pretty cool yeah so a couple of stuff that i found was interesting about this album was according to Venom's bass guitarist and vocalist, Kronos. All yeah, right. Kronos. The uh the inspiration came from Rush's two one one two album. Alright. You mean twenty one twelve? Yeah, yeah twenty one twelve. Okay. What did I say? Two one one two? Yeah, I can tell you're not a Rush fan, but that's all right. You don't gotta be. I mean it's the same shit. I mean two one one two. Two one one two, brother. <laughs> all right. Get them digits. So, so apparently the at the war at the at war with Satan is centered on a character yep. named Abaddon. All right, is mm-hmm. that the same Abaddon from the uh, AEW that we never see? I, I think it's exactly the same person. Yeah, that makes sense. About uh, almost thirty years later. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, which and is, she's yeah. appeared on TV like one time. Yeah, pretty much. So, Cronus started writing in his school days a story about how hell revolts and takes over the heavens and throws God into hell. So, that's about, that was like the premise of the old uh, this whole album right here, which is their third album, by the way, that came out mm-hmm. on the exact date that Friday the 13th, part four, the final Friday, came out, brother. All right. <laughs> I think uh, the uh, drummer for Venom is named Abaddon as well. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So they they did a character about him, but uh, you know it's also the drummer's name is Abaddon as well. Yeah. So so there's a couple of things. The title track imagery and the story largely involves the Book of Re- Revelations and John Milton's epic poem Paradise Lost. Oh yes. So we got a lot of that influence on there. Um. So a couple of things to. So, so apparently, like this was like one of their big albums at the time. So by the time At the War with Satan went on sale, Venom had reached a crossroads in their career. All right. So apparently, the critics mm-hmm. felt that their third album should have propelled them into the heavy metal mainstream, something which failed to materialize. Venom were also being threatened by thrash metal upstarts Metallica at this time. Oh yes. Who apparently two months before At War with Satan was, was released. They were the opening act for Venom on the Seven Dates of Hell tour, which is mm-hmm. su- su- supremely interesting. So, yeah. roughly a year later, Venom also took Slayer and Exodus on their North American combat tour as well, too. So, like like we were saying, you know, this Venom band, like, they were, like, I would say maybe, like, a little bit ahead of their time. On, yes, on, for sure. On certain things. All right, so also, too, you know, obviously... Mm-hmm. During this particular time as well, the rise of metal's popularity in the 1980s was paralleled by the political power gain by the the group, which I'm pretty sure we talked about it before, the PMRC, the Parents Music Resource Center. Yeah, we have. And of course, you know, the Christian campaign against the offensive content of rock music carried out by certain political groups in America eventually crossed over to the United States, the United Kingdom. So, you know, Venom, they're like a British band. You know what I mean? Yes. But of course, they would tour and do their gimmicks around here, too. So Venom became one of the early victims of this, apparently. And the HMV stopped selling at War with Satan in fear of legal action because of Britain's obscurity laws. Hmm. So that's one of the things that kind of halted this album on certain part of the sales. Because, you know, 
you know, back in the day, brother, in 1980, I couldn't just pick up the good old Walkman and go to Apple Music and shit like you can now. And uh, right, you know, what I mean, you can't go into the the Apple music, the Apple Podcast, the the Amazon Podcast, or the you know Google Podcast or the Spotify Podcast. By the way, rate and like Retro Blood on there. <laughs> I like that little plug. I like that. I like that. Yeah, it's perfect. You can't Give us do a that. review. Yeah, you couldn't do that in 1984. So you know the big. You know, the way you make your money and make your money back is obviously, you know, doing a lot of tours and selling your gimmicks at the gimmick table. Yeah. But it's also yeah. like CD selling at this time or tape selling, you know? Tape selling, yeah. And That's of course, yeah. for a band like this, they probably had some distribution distribution here in America because they were a pretty popular band. Obviously, they were touring with these big popular American bands like Metallica and Slayer. So, you know, stopping sales anywhere is going to harm, you know, y- y- your gimmick, you know? It's not like it's it's... You know, it's probably a little bit harder back then. You know what I mean? Because to to sell your stuff, if people are not selling it in the stores and stuff. Oh well, it's a completely different world because yeah. for two reasons. For one, back then album sales made a difference. Now records sell so in so small amounts that it, it probably doesn't really make a whole lot of difference. You know, it, it's other things that make bands money, like playing live and selling T-shirts. Um, but back then, like, you know, you, you would go on tour to promote an album so that people would go buy it. And now you put out an album so you can go on tour so people will buy a ticket to see you because of streaming and things like that. So back then, if a, if a store didn't sell your albums, that was disastrous because you just weren't going to make any money. Um, you know, and by comparison, like, you know, back then, like, if you if your album was sold two million copies... It was a hit, but it was like a middle of the pack hit, probably. You know, you were in the top 40, but that's probably about it, you know, because there were albums selling millions and millions of copies. Now, if you put out an album like next week and it put and you and it sold 10,000 copies, it would be a top 10 album sale right now. That's yeah. the difference. That's that's the difference in how records were sold in the 80s versus how they're sold now. Yes. Very interesting. So. But, you know, pretty good album. I listened to most of it. Um, you know, Venom is not my favorite thrash band, but they definitely have no. some pretty good, uh, you know, some good chords, some some good style songs, you know. I, I definitely respect the, uh, the the hustle at this time, kind of like, you know, oh, yeah. being, being yeah. a little different than some of the earlier bands that we would hear. Yeah, the, yeah, they were definitely different. But, like, you know, like the things that we were going to get. So this is 1984. Yeah. So this is the year that we're going to get Ride the Lightning. Yeah, you know we're gonna get uh, a Slayer album in 1984. Yeah, um, so yeah, Ride that, the Lightning would have been leaps and bounds over anything Venom had done yeah. at that point. And that, that's basically what I was saying at the beginning because you know they, they it's like it's like the Venom. I think people are wanting more from this album. Basically, like the fans yeah. and everybody's kind of wanting a little bit more because, like you were saying, like Metallica and Slayer, they're all going to be like blowing it up. You know what I mean? On, on their on their albums especially like their third album too so but yeah you know not too bad we'll play a little bit at the end of the show show some show some venom some love on here but uh yeah say we get into who booked this shit because there's a lot to talk about yeah who booked this shit so we have a new director <laughs> all right we do miller's out of but here not brother. New to us huh joseph zito he's not new to us he directed the prowler yeah yeah, not too. No, yeah, Ret- yeah. He's not new to us, brother. Retro the- Blood episode eighty-five. It's in the archives. Listen to it. It's great movie. It, that is a great movie, and you can yeah. tell like some of the shots were pretty similar. 
You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. But you know, I, I like it when a director has like their own style and stuff. Yes. So, but yes, he did the prowler and everything. So he is uh, he is the man tasked to do this final chapter <laughs> of Friday the Thirteenth, brother. Yes. So there'll, there'll never be another one. There will never be another one. So here here's the uh, here's the let's just get into the drama part of it. Hey, so all y'all thinking like if because we do this shit in real time. All right, we're, mm-hmm. we don't we don't we're not looking about you know what's in the future, brother. We're happy about what's yeah. happening now. What we're reviewing. Nah, we're no bullshit. Yeah. So you know you're thinking, well, fuck. I mean, last week you said that was just a trilogy. Shouldn't we be done then? Yeah. Well, well the thing we was, should be. well, hold on, guys. Okay, we said it was a trilogy. <laughs> we never said the shit was ending. Okay. No. And that's basically what they were saying. They're like, oh, hey, okay, guys. Yeah, that's number three, and it looked like Jason got an axe to the head, but we never said it was the end. It wasn't in the title, brother. It wasn't booked. Right. Okay. No, it wasn't booked. And it turns out this movie made a whole lot of money. So let's make another one. Let's yeah. make a fourth one. A yeah. final, a final one. So have you ever heard of this guy, um, Frank? I'm gonna fuck up his last name. Frank Mancozo Jr. Mancuso, yeah. Mancuso. Frank Mancuso Jr. was the producer on the Friday the thirteenth, some of the Friday the thirteenth movies. So apparently he was a little butthurt. Okay, that Paramount yeah. nobody gave him his credit for producing these movies. Even so, we've heard this before. If you're a wrestling yeah. fan, you probably heard of this before, and I'll explain this. So basically, he was butthurt because he got all you know. The Friday movies are a big hit. Like you know, they were they made a lot of money. You know, we're yeah. doing really good with these series right now in the '80s, and it's getting pretty you know popular. But it's one of those things where well, the network it doesn't look fancy. You know what I mean? It's like the network's like, ah, do we really want to be known for like the Jason guy? You know what I mean? And for wrestling right. fans, it could be the same way because when you have a network, you know, especially back in the days in the '90s and stuff like TNT or or USA, well, we have wrestling's being our highest program, but, but do we really want to be known as a wrestling company? You know? So that's exactly. what's kind of happening. So Paramount also too was. It's reported that they were, you know, they they could tell that the slasher genre was like going a little downhill. You know what I mean? It was, and it, it was to a degree. I would say, um, to be honest with you, it probably stopped being popular probably around this time, like probably like right. I would say maybe like nineteen eighty five, and didn't really yeah. pick up momentum until Scream came out. Yeah, so it. it, it... It kind of depends on how you look at it. So mm-hmm. there's a couple of different ways to look at it. So one thing I was going to mention about this movie is, to me, in my mind, there's like a cutoff point to where Friday the 13th was dark and scary and grimy and, and dirty and gruesome. Yeah. And part four, final chapter, is still in that, and so is part five. But after that you know, it becomes the Jason as a superhero, you know, Jason as the unstoppable thing. The thing, when you start pulling for Jason to kill people, instead of like being horrified that Jason's killing people, then there's something wrong. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And and Halloween would also go to that realm as well. It would do the same thing. So, so we were getting to the point where they maybe have, maybe getting popular like people were more people were going to see them but they were starting to go see them to see jason kill people yeah instead of getting the visceral effect of of being terrified by this 
killer. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was kind of like losing its power. But it was also too making the, I would look at it. They were they were also making more characters like pawns com- compared yeah. to making them like characters. Right. And and this movie has a lot of that. This movie yeah. has a lot of like fake ass characters that, that don't seem real. When you the kids in Friday the 13th part 2 seem real. They yeah. seem like real kids and and part 3 seems like real kids. This movie just seems like a bunch of made up bullshit kids that somebody in their 40s or 50s in 1984 would think kids would be like. Yes, but and I'll point some of those things out as we go, yes. but but yeah, it just seems like it's full of shit. Well, kinda. see, that's why I like the show because we we have a little mixed view. I think that this was a little bit of both. So I agree with okay. you that the, like I was saying in the beginning, we basically had kids as pawns to show up there to have sex and get killed by Jason. That was the premise of why they were booked on this movie. But I well, thought they okay, did pre- yes. I thought they did actually pretty well with some some of the characters making us like them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but some and, I, and I'll when you point out your point, I'll point out my point on the review. That's fine. Yeah, we'll do a counterpoint. We'll do a counterpoint, brother. Speaking of counterpoint, guess who they brought back? <laughs> all right, they brought back our boy Tom Savini. They did. He did all the makeup and, and the tell. gore. You could tell definitely. So there are a yes. couple of things about this. So obviously, Tom he was on the uh, original Friday the Thirteenth. He did all the prosthetics and all the kills, and he was actually the guy who did the whole makeup of Jason. I think he's the one that recommended them having Jason on there too. So yeah, he, he kind of created Jason. Yeah, so he, you know, he wasn't, he didn't come back for two or three, but they were like, hey, you know, do you want to come back for number four? Do you want to kill off? Because like we were saying, this movie was supposed to kill off the Jason character and it was supposed to kill off the series, all right? Yeah. So the big thing was the Paramount, low, they, they could see the trend of slasher movies not being there anymore. They don't want to be known for the horror movie network. They're like, can we get rid of this shit? And since the this guy... um. Uh, Frank over here, since his dad owns mm-hmm. the fucking place, just give him the rights and he'll produce the shit. I didn't we'll get it. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I wanted to point out was yeah. Frank Mancuso's dad, Frank Mancuso Sr., was like one of the big executives at Paramount. Yes. So they're like, let's just let's just give him this movie, make the make the movie, get it out of there, fi- did the final chapter, say that's that's going to be the end and be good. So and actually, yeah. it was pretty cool that the uh, the writer and the director pretty much had free range of the whole movie, how they actually wanted to to book it. They just needed to have two things, and that's you know make it the final and the title, and then kill off Jason yeah. at the end. That was their main goal of the whole movie, and then they could kind of just fill in the blanks because you know we've been seeing that every Friday since number two has all new yeah. characters. Like we it have does. new people all the time. I mean, fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and I think that's gonna be a trend that we'll see supposedly in the uh, the alternative universe when we have more Jason films or something, <laughs> a year ago. Okay, so Maybe. Uh, yes. So a couple of things on here too is so the uh, the film was originally scheduled to be released in October, but it was pushed back until until like I said, April 13, nineteen eighty four. Upon its mm-hmm. theatrical release, so the film grows three hundred three million in the U.S. on a budget of two point two million. So this is still a hot franchise at the particular time, and it was the fourth the fourth most attended of the Friday the Thirteenth series with approximately uh, with uh, nine million eight hundred fifteen thousand seven hundred tickets sold. 
So, you know, the, it pretty much like the fourth highest grossing Jason movie. And it's the fourth one. There you go. So, let's see. Okay, so some of the stuff I wanted to talk about here. Wait. Go ahead. The highest? Like, it, did, it didn't do better than three, did it? No. I mean, it no. did better than three, right? Oh, I think it might have done better than three. Yeah, I think three was the one where it was like, oh, this kind of this is kind of failing. Yeah. So you know, there's two people I want I want to talk about here too on the okay. show. I want to highlight the the actors when we can. Uh, the first one is obviously we have Tommy himself, Mister yeah. '80s star Corey Feldman. And yep. what's interesting about this one is he he they picked him because he had acting experience and obviously he was a good child actor, you know. Yeah. But it's, it is interesting to see him right right before the Goonies. You know what I mean? Because that that was like yeah, his was big the, movie. Was right. The Goonies. Goonies was like the next year, right? And mm-hmm. he was also in Gremlins, which came out the same year. Yes. And of course, we did we when we first talked about Corey Feldman on the podcast is when we did the Lost Boys because he was on there right. as well too. So he was all which over. Was a couple on years 80s. later. Yeah. I think it was like '87 when he did that movie. Mm-hmm. So he was all over the '80s, man. But this is like one of his first ones being on this, and the the twist with his character. We'll talk about that when we do the review. Is pretty interesting for the time period too. And I thought it was a pretty good idea that probably would have went somewhere, but you know how it is. <laughs> we gotta we gotta do everything a little different. And the uh, the other guy I want to talk about is, and I always forget he's in this movie, but it's so funny seeing him because a year later he would go on to be to do his probably biggest movie too. Which would be one Chris Crispin Glover, who yes. that we know from Back to the Future, brother. Okay, when he played George McFly, Marty's dad. On yes, there. so so he was relatively unknown. Yeah, when this movie came out, just yeah. like Kevin Bacon was. Yeah, exactly. Yes, so he was a uh, like I said, he did a couple films before this one, only like two. He only did like two, like mm-hmm. the Racing with the Moon and My Tutor. But this is like his third movie, all right? And then, you know, he would have a, two more, and then that's when he would get that big uh, role in Back to the Future. And that's kind of like where he actually won his first award for Best Supporting Actor uh, at that time as well. So that's pretty much where he made his name, but it's very interesting to see him on here. And you know what? Like, for, like, the character that he was on here, I actually thought he was pretty good. Like, of all the kids, you know what I mean? You could tell well, that this yes. guy was like, okay, you know what? This guy, This guy might have something here. You know what I mean? He had like this like natural charisma about him that I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like Crispin Glover is someone who, you know, like I don't like I, you know, I know him obviously from Back to the Future, but I think I first discovered him in this movie called At Close Range, which is a um a James Foley film um with Christopher Walken and Sean Penn that's really, really good. Um, he was also in one of my favorite movies of all time, which we might end up doing on the show one day called, um, river's edge. Uh, but that wouldn't be for another couple of years. Those were in 1986. So he was still like this kid who was like trying to make it as an actor. Um, and you could tell like, so Chris McGlover gets later on in his career, he gets this, um, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but he gets like this thing this Crispin Glover thing. Like he always acts like himself. Yeah. Um, kind of like Jack Nicholson, not Jack Nicholson. Um, uh, I can't think of the actor I'm thinking of. Um, 
But anyway, he kind of always like like he's playing obviously playing a different character, but he has the same he plays all the different characters the same way. So he would get this weirdo like kind of vibe that he was always like playing Crispin Glover. Like even in the doors when he played Andy Warhol, he was still yeah. being Crispin Glover. Um, but he hadn't quite developed that yet. He was still like a kind of relatively normal person during this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, he's like one of his first movies he was doing, but I still thought he did a, you can see like later on, he would take some of the stuff that like the mannerisms that he does. He would take that to later films. Yes. Um, so when it comes to like the filming conditions over here, so we were filming this around October, 1983 to January, 1984 in Topanga Canyon, in Newhall, California. Yep. So, like I was saying before, it was originally supposed to be released in October of 1984. But Frank, he was like, no, it didn't work for me, brother. Let's move it to April 13th. Said, leaving them only six weeks to complete post-production. And apparently, <laughs> the only time that Paramount helped with this film, this film's production, is when they rented a house in Malibu for the filmmakers to stay and conduct editing sessions with food brought to them by the studio. Just imagine right. that. They're like, all right, we don't. So it actually mm. came out early. Yeah. It came out okay. early. Yeah. So cause I, cause I was thinking when you said October, they were supposed to be in October of 1983. No, no, no. 1984. No Friday. Yeah. Okay. So there's no Friday the 13th movie in 1983. Yeah. Um, they just skipped that year and then, okay. So it actually came out early. Okay. Yeah. It came out okay. early. Yeah. So originally, it was set to be released in October. You know, obviously, because October season is a Friday the 13th sure. film. Most people are more like to watch horror movies in October. But they're like, that don't work for me, brother. This is a camp. We got to get this shit. You could tell at this time, though, like, they just want... The, now, I wouldn't say that the filmmakers or the director, you know, Joseph or nothing. But you could tell, like, the yeah. company just wanted to get this shit over with. They're just like, yeah. we, let's release this shit. We got this guy what he wanted. Just release it and... We just want to get. We want to move away from the, uh, you know, at this time we want to move away from the horror, the the or at least the Friday the Thirteenth series slasher. So, and we, we will talk about the alternative ending when we get there as well too. But I say right now we get into the full review of Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, the final chapter. This is it. Yeah, let's do it. It's the last one. There'll never be another one. Never be another one. Supposedly. before you have felt the terror known the madness lived the horror but this is the one you've been screaming for Friday the 13th the final chapter Jason is back he moves like a shadow, dark and silent. Sorry, you change your mind? He never utters a word. He doesn't even seem to breathe. Where the hell's the car scroll? He simply, mindlessly, mercilessly, 
Kills. But now, Jason's reign of terror is over. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Jason's unlucky day. All right, so we start off with, of course, a recap. A recap. So we're going three reviews strong with every review or every movie having a recap. So, and this one actually recapped like all three. Number one, two, and three. I was like, shit. And the way they did it was pretty clever. They had the old number two campfire scene with, uh, you know, telling all the kids about, you know, Jason and everything. This one was basically focusing more on the, uh, the Jason character and, you know, how he drowned and he came back and he was, uh, you know, slaughtering everybody too. And I thought it was a pretty good little little recap about here. I liked it when they did the townspeople on there. We can see a boy, Ralph. Ah, they're doomed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're doomed. So that one was pretty fun. Uh, so then this one, I like it too how they they did this where we pick up right from number three. So if you all remember from last week, Jason got axed in the head with an axe. All right. And that's how he was uh, gone. And then our yes. girl Jeannie, she is just, uh, we, we don't see her at all. So she just got, she escaped and she is just out there. We don't even bring her, her name up. Uh, I guess her contract ran out. So we're just not going to mention her at all in this film. Okay. She is um, gone. If, but if I seem to remember, like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't really remember from last week, but it seemed like uh, Friday part three. Yeah ended in the daytime but now it's nighttime when they're all carting them all away yeah so what happened maybe, was, maybe brother, it just takes a long time yeah take, yeah so what happened was she asked jason right you know what yeah, i mean then she gets yeah. on out of there and then she has like a little dream about you know the mom bringing her down to the fucking water it was all a dream okay <laughs> how we already talked about that last week how did she dream about a story she did not know about i still don't know right it's not brought up but she she gets on out of there, and they're like, you know what? We got a couple hours here, brother. Let's just wait around. <laughs> Let's get the cops and everything. So they come out here. It's nighttime now, okay? Because that's yeah. how it's booked. And the the police come down there, and you can see that you know they're kind of, they're a little worried about Jason. You know, they you know this crazy killer guy with the hockey mask on. They don't know what's going on, so they just take him. But they take his dead body to the to the morgue, the hospital morgue. All right. And you could tell, like, you know, like I said, the paramedics, they're a little nervous about uh, Jason over here. So, yeah. <laughs> then we get the hospital scene. Okay, yes. here we go. So, I both loved and hated this scene. I loved it because of all the corniness, and I love 80s corn. So, mm-hmm. our boy Axel, right away, he's eating some shit, and he makes a necrophilia joke. I was like, okay, we're still... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but oh, I was like, okay, that's how we're starting out. Okay, I see it. Okay, yeah, nothing, nothing, yeah. Ma- me, nothing makes a good doctor yeah. more than a necrophilia joke. Yeah, while eating shit and fucking not while closing his something. mouth. All right, he's like, go check out the little skirt. I was like, damn, bro, really? We're, we're this is we're only really we're only a, that's a dead body. I just got done with a recap. 
right. Well, Jason's dead, and you're talking about fucking a dead corpse. Gotcha. That's how we're doing this movie. All right. So uh, then we see nurse, Miss uh, Morgan. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's the nurse of the uh, the whole area. So our boy Axel goes up to her and was like, hey, you know, my ship's about to end. You want to go, you know, make it happen? Because, you know, this is the 80s, brother. If we're not having sex or we're not trying to have sex, are you even living? Exactly. I mean, come on now. So our boy Axel wants to have some sex with his nurse. And I was getting very, like, I was getting, I'm not going to lie, I was getting a little Halloween 2 vibes. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah, where they're messing. Yeah, there's yeah. a scene like this, exactly like this in Halloween 2. Yes. So first she's like, no, you're the curse. You gave me headaches. You know, she's blowing it off. And next thing you know, she comes and finds that axle, brother. She wants some of that fucking weird doctor uh, necrophilia course. dick. Yep. All right. So she goes into the cold room. That's what they call it. All right. And our boy is sitting there. Like how how this like this it's just so goofy, but I love it. He's in this cold room with a bunch of dead bodies everywhere, right? And he's watching aerobics mm-hmm. videos because he's super horny. <laughs> Was that like a thing? Like people just watched aerobic videos. It had to be, bro. Did you like, see what they were doing? Or something like I don't know. Like well, yeah, I, I did, know. But. I know aerobics was like really popular in the eighties. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. Like that was like the thing. But you know, it was probably one of those jokes that the writers did. Like you know, it's aerobics. Of course, if a guy ro- watches aerobics, they just want to see the butts flat flap in the air. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but it had to be like a, a well-known joke though, because. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but like in the original Dragon Ball TV series, when Goku, the little kid Goku, gets to uh, uh, the Turtle Hermit's house, yeah, um, you know, and he's like, you know, he's like the pervert Turtle Hermit, like he's he's always watching um, girls doing aerobics on the TV. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. I, like I said, that's like a that's like an eighties nineties thing. You know what I mean? Right. Watching yeah. guys watching aerobic girls. Yeah, you know, we all know what's about. They're all trying to. They're not trying to get the moves down. Okay, they're trying to see their asses shaking the air. Brother, right. Okay. The problem is nowadays, you know, we got like Pornhub and shit, so we don't need those videos anymore. No we don't need that anymore. We got Pornhub now. Yeah, a little crazier. You know, it's not. It's not all innocent anymore, brother. All right. No. So, uh, so, so, Morgan's in there. Axel gives her a little bit of a scare. You know what I mean? And then they start, she, she, our girl's trying to play it straight because you could tell like, you know, I really don't want to fuck this guy, but you know, he's like the only guy in town. So I got to like do something. All right. So that's where she's there. She, then they start watching the news. The news is recapping what happened. You know, obviously there's a, this murder that happened over here with Jason killing these people. They believe it's Jason, you know, Jason bothered doing like a little news recap. And then uh, Axel and uh, Morgan start kissing a little bit, and then they get inter- mm-hmm. <laughs> they get interrupted by the number one cock block himself, Jason. Jason. So I gotta, you know what? You know what's you know what's a very interesting theory. It's I just came up with this when I was watching it. So Sweet. does Great. Jason? Like I can't say he only gets pissed off at you if you're trying to have sex or not. You know what I mean? Because this movie kind of breaks down a little bit, but I thought that might have been like a very interesting like theory. It's like he, Jason will only get mad at you if you have sex on his campgrounds. But we, obviously we don't see this part because he's not on the campgrounds. But maybe some sort of like affection or sex thing just gets him all triggered. You know what I mean? 
Because that's what happened to him as a well, kid. I was just saying it makes sense because that's why he died originally because they were uh, the counselors were having sex instead of like watching over him. Yeah, and so, he had to be watched over every minute according to his mom. Yeah, but th- this one, this movie kind of breaks my theory because of what happens later. But I thought it, like at first I was like, okay, maybe that's kind of a good theory. Like maybe you know somehow Jason's presence, like I don't know, maybe gets people hot and horny or something, and so he has to cock block them. I don't know. But I was more actually concerned about like is at this point in the movie is Jason dead or is he pretending to be dead or is he just unconscious from being axed in the head or what's going on like why is he not moving yet and why does he all of a sudden move well what he does is he does the the old uh, Michael Myers gimmick where you, you do a bunch of shit to him and he's still okay alright so basically that's what happens so the hand is coming up a little bit. It scares Morgan. She gets out of there. She goes to the uh, the the room with all the medicine stuff. Drops the medicine on the floor. Axel's hanging out. You know what I mean? You know, watching more of his aerobics video. And then out of nowhere, Jason just leaps up and saws his fucking head off. And then twists his yes. head. So Jason just is it's just alive. Like, we don't get an explanation how he came to life. Or, or, so the only thing I could think of, which there's like this, like short documentary, like a, it's like a fake like, documentary about Jason. It's actually pretty well done. Right. You can find it on the, uh, the Jason box sets out there, uh, where they have like a doctor explaining, well, you know, you could survive from an ax in the head. It's been known to happen, you know? Yeah. So, so I guess that's, that's, that's the fan overall theories. You know, at this particular time, Jason's not like a, some sort of like, supernatural force he just kind of got lucky maybe the maybe the hockey mask maybe took out some of the blow so maybe it just made him pass out but then he came back to conscience well right that's what i've always thought about this movie yeah. was that he um trying to make it a, a still realistic like yes yeah, so he got hit in the face with, a, with an axe but the hockey mask stopped it from going deep enough to kill him and it just knocked him unconscious for a little while yeah and they all just thought he was dead because, you know, this is 1980 and we don't do extended right. checks if you're dead. If you look dead, you're dead. Right. <laughs> right. So then after this, we get a cool scene of Jason killing the nurse Halloween style where he picks her up and just yep. knifes her in the stomach and stuff. So we're seeing the body counts last over here. We're getting it going, brother. We're, we're, we're getting that body count up. So this is when we see... Uh, our main characters of this particular story it's going to be a girl named Trish and her mom the Jarvins and Jarvis's yeah Jarvis's yes and we made a little more a little boy Tommy playing some video games there brother and I believe this is like the first time in a Friday the 13th that we had like a main kid character I believe because they're all been like young adults but we never had like a kid we never had a kid before, right? Yeah. So this is the first time we're getting the kids on here now. So you know they're they're uh, they have a lake house, okay? Just like our just like our uh, our people from earlier, uh, uh, number three had a lake house. Now they have a lake house out here too. So you know this is a big lake, brother. It covers a lot of ground. Yeah, right? it does. So and now think about this for a second. Now just now think about the big picture. Like we're having to watching these all in a row. Yeah. So part two. Is five years after the first movie. Okay, that's fine. I can accept that. Yeah. 
So then he kills all these people at this other camp, not the camp that he died at, but this other camp. Yeah. And then in part three, these other kids move into a house, which just happens to be on the same lake. And he also kills those people like the next day. Right. Like uh, one day later. So now, yeah. Yes. It's like one day later. So now we're two days at later. Yeah. And, um, these other family just also happens to move into the lake. Well, they're not moving in. They've probably been there. Maybe they've been there. The, well, maybe. The only maybe people that are have. moving in were these six random bodies moving into the house next door. Well, that's true. You're right. That's true. We don't actually see them move in. Yeah. So they've. I guess they've been there for a while. Yeah. They've been at the lake house for a little while, brother. So, so they're talking about, like I was saying, these people renting out the house... And they supposedly there's you know they knew they were going to be kids. I'm not sure how old they knew everybody was going to be, but Trish was kind of happy to have some uh, new faces around the town. All right. Now the question you maybe should have asked is like, okay, well these people don't watch the news, knowing that there's some like mass murder. Well, even even if they found there was a mass murder around, you know, it was at this time it was noted that Jason or this killer, you know, this killer guy that they i didn't i don't know if they even named jason on the news or not but this killer guy got axed and killed and we, we find out later what happens to his particular body so well yeah no it wasn't it's not long into the movie when they read the newspaper report that his body disappeared yeah it got stolen by the morgue and some shit or stolen from the stolen. morgue so this is when we meet our uh our our young cast of characters and I just this want to read this little uh, pr- the description of all of them because I thought it was funny. So the group consists of Paul, his girlfriend Sam, Virgin Sarah, her boyfriend Virgin Sarah, yes, Virgin Sarah, her boyfriend Doug, Awkward Jimmy, and a jokester named Ted. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a tour you could do <laughs> with these guys. <laughs> Awkward. Right. So awkward Jimmy. Yes, awkward Jimmy, brother. <laughs> so the big thing about this is we mostly see Ted, jokester Ted and awkward Jimmy. We mostly see them talking. And yeah. the big thing is uh Jimmy can't believe that Betty Lou or was it no 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 you like this one, Allison. BJ Betty. Okay. BJ Betty. Yeah, mm-hmm. the easy one. she does he can't believe Ted can't believe that they broke up, them and Jimmy. And Jimmy's all butthurt about it. And the whole thing about He's... this is the jokester Ted was saying that Jimmy, he's going to go on his computer and figure out why Jimmy, you know, why she didn't call him back is because he's a dead fuck. Uh, yes. Now, Allison, do you know what a dead fuck is? Well, I found out in this movie. It's, yes. It just means you're shitty in bed. Yeah. It means you got a limp one there, brother. A dead fuck. Yeah. <laughs> And then so this is kind of interesting though. Let's pause for a second. So this is kind of interesting though. So he does his computer, which is like a fake computer, but still. So this is like interesting though, don't you think? Like, yeah. um, so before this, there's never been a mention of a computer. So this is like 1984, probably is about the time that computers started becoming like mainstream for Americans. You know, like people knew what computers were. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. people had them in their homes, maybe if you had enough money. Um, so, but yeah, so he's, and, and, and like in the, the script kind of, kind of talks about that when he's, when he talks about how he's like, Ted's a dead fuck. 
he said, well, my computer doesn't lie. Yeah. Which I, th- I find like a really funny thing now with everything we know about computers, exactly. you know, 30, 40 years later. But like yeah, back then, I guess computers were considered like, you know, well, a computer can't lie. It's, it's just well, a fact. If it's, I if mean, it says technically, there's some parts of a computer, computer parts can't lie. But, you know, the problem is, you know, when we go on the Internet, that's when it's uh, yeah. sort of a little different out there. <laughs> right. It, it can only give you the information that was yeah. fed to it, though. So if you give it false information, then it will report a false fact to you. Exactly. And that's where I'm going Anyway, boy, Ted so Ted is out. a dead fuck, and that's why BJ No, Betty Jimmy is a Ted fuck. Dead fuck. Jimmy, sorry, Jimmy. They're all, these are all the stupid kids. They're all the same. I hate all these kids, by the way. I kind of like Jimmy a little bit. I mean, he was cool. <laughs> well, wait till we get to his dance. I mean, come on now. Well, all right. that's yeah, coming up. We'll get there. So there's something I definitely want to talk about, though, was... So we saw, and this is going to be a. I'm gonna I'm gonna debate our our opinion more than the canon. All right. So yeah, we saw the grave of Pamela Forhees, and it said 1930 to 1979. Now, yes, first time we've ever known her first name too. She was never called Pamela before this movie. Yes. So, the couple things is. We were arguing in Friday the thir- Friday the Thirteenth Part Two about yeah. the timeline of the story, yes. and we came to the conclusion mm-hmm. that she died in 1980 and 19 not 1979 because yes. she states in the first movie, "This is my son's birthday," which was yes. his birthday, and we find out that Jason was born on a Friday the Thirteenth. Well, no, it. he was born. He was born on June the thirteenth. Yeah, June the thirteenth. But in yes. nineteen eighty, but the, our 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 reasoning was that he was born on June the thirteenth. Yes. But in nineteen eighty, the June the thirteenth was a Friday, but yeah. it was not in nineteen seventy nine. And if this took place in nineteen seventy nine, the first movie, why in the fuck would it be called Friday the thirteenth? It wouldn't make any sense. So yeah. it has to be. On Friday the 13th, 1980. There's no other time that it could happen. Yeah, because I I pulled up this on the calendar. Yes. Okay? And when was it? It was it was June, right? Yeah. June. Yeah, June 13th, 1980. That's a, yes. Friday, that's a Friday the 13th. We right. go to 1979, and a June mm-hmm. 13th is on a Wednesday. Yes. So is this now, Wednesday the 13th? it could have happened in July... Yeah. Wednesday the 13th. Now, that's not called Wednesday the 13th. It's fucking Friday the 13th. Yeah. And that's when and, and but Jason's birthday's not in July. Yeah. So it's in June. So, so yeah, it, it exactly. Take, it took place on Friday the 13th in June of 1980. That's when the movie takes place. Zito is just wrong when he made this. But it's not the only thing he's wrong about and we'll get to that. But it's canon now. Like everywhere you see, you know, even yes. when you're walking that that documentary I was talking about, they even used the 1979 timeline of yeah. when she died. Yeah, that's it's canon now, but it can't possibly be 1979. Yeah, I'm yeah because we got let's look it up on the calendar, guys. Yes, all right, you're right. Like Calendars I said, the, don't lie. The only way it could have been if it was Jason's birthday was in July, but it wasn't. It right, was, it was recorded that it was in it's June. In June. So yep, we're just saying. Okay, we're just arguing our point. So, but canon is telling us otherwise. So this is when they're, they pass by. They're kind of lost. And when you see a hitchhiker get stabbed, brother, randomly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, you know, just racking up the bodies. 
right? And at this particular time, too, um, this movie is one of those ones where, like, we kill him really quick and then we cut away, right? We yeah, don't we don't linger right. on anything right now, okay? Yeah, it's it's definitely less gory than some of the other movies. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you at the end if you like that better or not, but we'll get there. But I, I do feel like um, I, when you talk about this kill, like, I do feel like it is really random. Yeah, it is really random. Well, like Jason doesn't have any real reason to kill this this hitchhiker, but he yes, does. He's he does. Just like, yes. Fuck this hitchhiker. Well, you know, he, he's kind of delirious right now. He got an axe in the head. He's just going back to the campground. Now he's just pissed off. Oh, no, that's true. You know, it, this scene was basically to show him that he's coming back to the campground. Yeah, that's true. I mean, an axe in the head will put you in a bad mood for sure. Yeah. So at this time, we see Tom, uh, Tommy, Trish, Mom. They're all making tuna salad. Ugh. And yeah. uh, oh. and then uh, Tommy sees all the uh, the kids arriving, and uh, Jimmy Jimmy is talking about still being horny. Yeah, that's one of the lines he said. Is like, I'm so horny. It's like okay. So Jimmy's talking about you know he's uh, he's gonna try to have a good time on this trip and everything, and they all meet Tommy and Trish. They all meet together. So this is when we find out that. We we start meeting some of our young younger characters. We start building some of their characters right now. Let's talk a little about Sam and Sarah. Okay, so oh, yeah. so Sam is the character who sleeps around a lot. All right, she's known mm-hmm. she's known to bounce. You know what I mean between uh, staffs here and there. Okay, yeah. Our girl Sarah hasn't really slept with anybody yet. Okay, right. So Sam is here. Um, with um, I believe it's uh, God. Where is his name? Paul. Sam. Sam is here with Paul. All right. Yeah. And Sarah is here with Doug. Okay. Yeah. So that we so we have some couples over here, and of course Ted and Jimmy, they're just the the tag alongers. Okay. So the big thing is Sarah. She kind of just wants to. She she thinks this might be the weekend for her finally to get some. All right. Maybe. So now, yeah, maybe. So Sam now is taking a shower. This is when we get the whole scene of Tommy being a young 13-year-old staring at a girl through the window naked. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, brother. If I was your age, I would be just as happy as you were, brother. That's for sure. Yep, doing the same thing. Doing the same thing. Mom comes in there. <laughs> he acts like he's sleeping, pushed down the window. And, of course, he comes back and starts staring at some more. And that's when we get uh, we got we also see Paul in there. He's about to lay some pipe down on Sarah, Sam as well too. So now we have, <laughs> so now we have the uh, the two girls, Sam and Sarah. Then we have the uh, 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 Ted, and we got we basically have the whole young kids. They're just walking through the forest and shit. All right, and they just randomly meet two sets of twins. <laughs> I don't know where, brother. Well, one set of twins. Yes, we got two twins. Yeah, one set of two twins. Yes, Tina and Trish. All right, and conveniently, and and two of the guys are are there by themselves. So that's very convenient that this happens. Yes, exactly. Hey, brother, that's how it goes. And you know what's pretty funny about this too is apparently um, the girl who played um, uh, Trish, this Kimberly girl, she actually not Trish. Sorry, it was uh, the girl who played uh, Tina. She actually um, uh, auditioned for the role of uh, Sarah, but she, they found out the the casting crew like, "Oh, you got a twin sister? 
Like, yeah, it's like, okay, well, we're going to write something completely new for you guys since you have a twin. We're going to bring you in that way. All right, so you didn't get the Sarah role, but we're going to create a whole role for you because you're a twin. And your whole role, you know what their Well, we'll get to what their role was. Yeah. So they just randomly show up. I don't know it, what... I don't know if they were, like, staying on a nearby lake. I don't know if they're on here for a hike. I have no idea. But they meet the group, and they all decide to go skinny dipping together. Yes, which I guess was in, like, a 1980s thing. Let's yeah. just take off her clothes and go swimming in the lake. Yeah, I was just like... Because they're like, okay, we're going to go like down the lake and swim. And, you know, Jimmy and Ted are looking all like, yeah, but there's two of them, two of us. And they get Perfect. to the lake. And then, I don't know, where this Sarah girl just, like, fucking just takes off all her clothes. You know, like, kind of like we saw in... um. You part know, number three. two. Well, part, yeah. uh, every part, pretty much. Part two, yes. Yeah. Part two, yes. Jumps in the fucking lake. Then these guys start taking off all their clothes, jump into the lake. You know, all, the two twins start taking off their clothes in the lake. I'm like, fuck, is this, like you're saying, this is like an 80s thing? We just go out into the fucking, we meet strangers, just get nude. All right? Yes. So this is also Something too, missing out of today's times. I yeah, guess. exactly. Yeah. Now they want like, you know, all this shit. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, come on, brother, just get yeah. naked and see what happens. So this is when Trish and Tommy, I guess, were by the lake, and their their dog runs up there. Tommy now sees more naked people, girls. He's like, "Hell yeah!" And of course, Trish brings them out of there, <laughs> and everybody's like, "Hey, Trish, we got a party happening later." And of course, she never shows up to the fucking party. No, because she's a prude. Yeah. So now uh, Tommy and Trish are leaving. Okay, and of course, like in every. Friday the 13th movie, they have car trouble. So, Allison, can you explain something to me? I'll try. Okay. So, we're at the, the lake, right? Crystal Lake? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're, we're at the and we're at the surrounding areas of Crystal Lake, right? Yeah. Is there, like a, is there a curse on cars working in Crystal Lake? Well, I mean, there is a curse on the, on the lake itself, on the camp, remember? Yes. There's a death curse. So maybe it just affects cars not working correctly so that the killer can catch up to you. Yeah, and even with this one, where like yeah. the car didn't really even play a big role, we still had to have it stall out. You know, even with the, like the other movies we see, okay, the car's not working. Obviously, the final girl or the whatever is trying to get in the car, then they're probably going to get killed. All right? This one, the car didn't really play a role at all, but we still had to have some car trouble, brother. We still got to add that in. All right? So the, the, it allowed us to meet Rob. Yeah. That's why I was there. That's how I was booked. So yes. they're working on the car, and this stranger comes up. We all think it's supposed to be Jason. It's not. It's Rob. All right? And then Rob helps him out, fixes the car, and they he, they give him a ride. And you could tell that, like, Rob's asking some questions. But, like, hey, uh, where, are you guys staying here? Do you, do you know more people that are staying here? Like, more kids and stuff? Like, he, are there any kids? Yeah, is there any kids <laughs> out here? And they 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 can you know they're kind of weird out by the questions, but not too much because I think Trish she has like the uh, the googly eyes for him, yeah. and uh, he was basically saying he was out there to hunt bears. And then Tommy's yeah. the smart one's like, "You're not hunting no bears. <laughs> You're not hunting bears out here. Yeah. No, no, no. We're, we we know that there is bears around there because we know that from number two. All right. Yeah. But can you actually like? Isn't that like illegal to hunt bears? No. Oh, it's not. Okay. Well, it depends. It's not. But you have to. You have to. You have to hunt bear in, in hunting season, which is probably not. But I don't know. 
I, I can't actually figure out what season this is supposed to take place in because remember, like Crystal Lake is in New Jersey, right? We yeah. established that in the first movie. So it's in New Jersey. So in one scene, they're skinny dipping in yep. the lake. But in the next scene, they're wearing like jeans and flannel. Well, you know, it gets cold at nighttime, brother. <laughs> I guess it does. All right. But it, you know, I, it just seems weird. Like in some scenes, they're wearing like like winter clothes, like it's the fall. And in some scenes, they're like swimming naked in the water. But That's a, that's a okay. cold lake out there at nighttime, brother. <laughs> it is. Uh-huh. Damn right it is. Speaking of going into the water, this is when we see Sarah. She's not hanging around with the group. She kind of like separated herself yeah. from the group. Because she doesn't feel comfortable being naked. She's like, you know, the virgin girl, like we said. Right. And then, I mean, maybe that's why she's never uh, had sex, because she, you know. Yeah, she won't drink beer and uh, go skinny dipping. I mean, come on. Exactly. So Sarah is basically trying to get her to lighten up, so she pulls her and plays a joke on her and pulls her into the, to the lake. So this is when we get, um, we get uh, Trish asking for uh, for Rob to come inside. Rob doesn't really kind of want to do it. doesn't really go. He has to leave. But then Tommy's like, no, no, you got to come inside. I got to show you something. So Tommy shows Rob. Not Trish. What do you mean Trish? Trish is one of the twins, right? No, 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 no. Tina. Tina's the Trish is the, the uh, main oh, girl. Yeah, okay, never mind. Yes, Trish. You're right. Trish Jarvis. Yes, okay. Yeah, like the, uh, there's like Tina and then there's like this other twin. All right. But uh, so... So Tommy is showing uh, Rob his horror mask mm, that he that he makes. That he makes. I was like, man, this kid's pretty good. You know what I mean? So they're they're already like giving this character, you know, a lot of good tropes. Like he plays video games. He's a pretty smart witted kid, and he makes horror mask. You know what I mean? We're we're building on some stuff with the kid. You know, foreshadowing. With yeah. Him. Terry. That's the other. That's the other. Twin. Yeah, Terry. Yeah. Tina and Terry. Tina yes. and Terry. Okay. Brother. Yeah. Good old. The good old teens, brother. So he's all impressed. Rob is all impressed by the mask. All right. So now we get one of my favorite scenes of the movie. So we have all the kids, including the twins, back at their little lake house. And Jimmy's like, hey, you know, let's start some dancing over here, brother. Puts on a little record. Plays this really good yeah. 80s uh, stock track. Yeah. His mother's part the dance. What a fucking great dance. Allison, then I can you see find you out why then you find out why BJ Betty left him when you see this dance. The dance is great. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay. Bro, I'm bringing fine, that one back. Fine. Yeah, you should bring that back. I mean, fuck, bro. I'd fucking bust the move doing this shit, you know what I mean? He's like looks like he's having some spasms and shit. I love it. And apparently they like wrote that into the script because they they found out that like, he was apparently he was like Known for doing that dances at clubs and shit, you know, probably just for like a joke or some shit. And like, oh, yeah, we'll, just, we'll just add it to the movie. And they're saying they had to do a couple of takes because everybody just kept laughing at it. So, so then you know, Paul, he's over there, you know, kissing up on Sarah and stuff. He's like, hey, hold on a second. So he like goes past Jimmy, and he puts on like a slow, slow record. Yes. Yeah, so here's here's one thing I was yeah. gonna bring up. So like. I just do not believe that in 1984, yeah. kids would be listening to this kind of old music. It's, it's like an old, like... Yeah, slow dance song. You find like the fucking 1940s. prom. It's not even... Yeah, it's like a 1940s song or 30s or 40s song. It's like really, really, really old music. And now, 
there would be like hipster kids that would listen to shit like that because it's like ironic or whatever with their mustaches and their weird hats. But like back then, like I just don't think so. I just don't think that this sounds like something that somebody in their fifties, like Frank Mancuso, I don't think he was in his fifties then, but anyway, somebody older who was writing the script wrote into it. Listen, listen, <laughs> I get what you're saying there, but I could definitely see this guy like, listen, all these bitches probably like this slow music. So I'm going to put it on there. All right. And I'm going to fucking dance lower like her like it's like the prom and some shit. You know I, what I mean? Guess. That's the only thing I could think of. Because our boy, uh, Paul, he puts on a slow track. And he doesn't get Sarah all wet and wild. He gets fucking uh, uh, Tina all wet and wild. Yeah. She's like, oh, I didn't know you liked that slow shit. He's like, yeah. Yeah, I do, girl. And of course, Sarah yeah, I love this jealous. 1940s music. Yeah, that, yeah. That, see, if you would have told me that, I would have blamed you more. Like this, like fucking random 1984 girl, just like, oh yeah, I love this slow music, All right? <laughs> but you know, hey, you know, it's Easter own. Maybe she's a big slow fan and shit. So um, you could tell that there's some uh, some drama going on over there, brother, in this film. Mm-hmm. So during other stuff, we cut back to Trish. Uh, Trish you know, she's Trish is showing Rob out, and Trish was talking about her life. Uh, basically the life was the dad, their dad like ran away from the mom and something like that. And they're just basically the three of them out there in the woods all together. And, you know, Rob's kind of being like a little secretive about it, about this. And he, he, he has to go and Pierce basically saying, Hey, you can cut back anytime and stay with us anytime. Cause you could tell that Trish is really liking him. Yeah. Plus it's clear that he's like living in the woods or whatever. Yeah. Because he has his backpack on or hiking yeah. and stuff, yeah. So Jimmy, uh, Jimmy and Ted are all talk about, and Jimmy and Ted, they're basically getting nowhere with their twins right now. You know what I mean? They're not the, it, right, the yeah. flirting is not working out too well for them, brother. Okay, and uh, so Ted's making fun about Jimmy being a dead fuck, and he eventually gets his caught with his <laughs> hands in his pants. All right. And then randomly, now the twins are chugging beer. So I guess we did get a little bit of beer, but I didn't see which beer it was. Probably a Budweiser. So uh, now Tina, she wants to dance with Paul now. Uh oh. We got some Uh-oh. fucking drama. But Sam doesn't like that. Okay. So she leaves to go swim. Okay. That's how we get. That's how we get our. Our young teen to go skinny dipping in the lake is from drama, all right? Because she thinks yeah. if she leaves, Paul is going to follow her, and they're going to have sex out there in the woods. But that doesn't really happen, does it? No, but she's not completely wrong. Yeah. But one thing I was thinking about the twins, like tr- tr- uh, Terry and Tina. That's her name? Terry yeah. and Tina. Um, so, like, if they were, like, European or something. Yeah. Like this would this would kind of make sense that the what they do, you know how they're like they're because Europeans are not as stuck up as Americans about like nudity and sex and things like that. Yeah. So um, the so the girls skinny dipping would make perfect sense, and then like maybe them moving from like guy to guy might make make perfect sense if they're more like open sexually or whatever. Tina, they they weren't didn't go skinny dipping, but I guess they did earlier. But the they Sam, did, yeah. Earlier they did. Yeah, Sam's the one that's skinny dipping right now. At this point, yeah, she's she is huh. at this point, yes. But like, um, but like, just the Tina and Terry characters just seem weird. Like this whole scene seems weird. Like how they just like pass 
all the girls around. Yeah, well, but it does yeah. seem like it's part of their character, though, eh. that we've seen up until this point. I mean, a little bit. I mean, I could see some, like, you know, American girls being a little like that. You know, Tina wasn't really uh, well, feeling yeah. Ted. Wasn't feeling Jimmy. Yeah. Likes his Paul guy. She's like, fuck That's it. I don't true. give a fuck. And I'm going to do my shot. Right. And, and I mean, you know, back, I've definitely, you know, been around girls. We'll, we'll just leave it at this. But I've just definitely been around girls that were like that. Um, so I, I know these things happen. Um, but, and I'll point some things out. I think they're really weird when we get to them, but, but yeah, so, so far she's going to go skinny dipping because she thinks Paul will follow her and they're going to go fuck in the woods. Yeah. But, uh, but our boy Paul starts dancing with Tina while Ted looks on Matt. Okay. And, and then of course now Jimmy is now making jokes at Ted. You know what I mean? And then Jimmy's actually a little mad at, at Ted for telling him about that the dead fuck line. He doesn't like that line. Okay. So now Sam, she, like we're saying, she's out there in the woods now. She hears a noise, yeah. thinks it's Paul. Of course it's not. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, she doesn't hear Paul after a while. After she hears the noise, she's like, well, screw you, Paul. I'm going to get naked. So that's what she does. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like our girl, uh, uh, was it Terry from uh, number two? Just fucking yeah. out there in the woods, pissed off at a guy or just wants to go skinny dipping. So that's what she does. So she takes up all the clothes, goes into the hopefully not super cold water, even though they don't really care. Uh, fog everywhere. She goes on top of the uh, the uh, good old little raft, hangs out there for a little while, and then I don't know where Jason comes up from the water and stabs the girl right through the belly, and right to, right to the back on the raft, and then we cut it. So we're doing like a lot of like jump scare kills here, like really quick, like they happen just like super quick. So we don't linger on him. So now our boy, you know, Paul, he's feeling a little bad. Okay. So now he's like, oh, I can't do this. So he leaves uh, Tina. And he now he goes search out for the for the lake for our girl, uh, for, for our girl Sam. Finally gets up to a raft, sees her dead body, freaks on out, tries to get back onto the shore. And then Jason stabs him in the dick. With a rod. With a spear gun. Spear yeah. gun. And lifts, him, lifts his ass up with it too, like out of the water. Pretty interesting scene there. Yes. I was like, damn, okay. There he goes. Got stabbed in the dick. Yes. So now Tina, she needs to find somebody to fuck because that's how she was booked. So now, yeah. now instead of, she went through uh, Ted, doesn't like him. Paul she liked, but he left. Now it's like, oh, well, Jimmy's here. So now she says she asked Jimmy to dance. All right. And then Jimmy's like, well, I don't get it. Like you, you were liking Ted. And now you, now you want me. She's like, yes, I like Ted at first, but now I'm with you. And I was like, who wrote this shit? <laughs> yeah. So this gets me right. <laughs> That's this part. This part gets me. Mm-hmm. So not only was she just like, you know, kissing Ted or whatever. She's also still wearing or whatever. She's still wearing Ted's hat when she's fucking around with Jimmy. That's what girls do, bro. All right. They fucking, they're toxic. I seen them. All right. It's just the line. My my thing was with Jimmy. He was all like, well, you were with Ted earlier. No, she wasn't. You obviously saw him fucking leave his ass for Paul. Like you blind. So my, my my course was on Jimmy. 
for me. So anyway, she asked Jimmy to go upstairs and uh, they she basically she's gonna be fucking somebody and it's gonna be Jimmy. Alright? And now Jimmy's looking at Ted and Ted's super unhappy now because he's not getting the sex. Alright? Yep, yep, yep. Uh <laughs> I like my notes over here. I put like she asked Jimmy to go upstairs. I Ted looks upset. Uh, she needs six. She needs sex because it was booked. Okay, <laughs> which is true. Which is true. All right. So now, like I said, we already talked about Paul going into the water. All right, seeing all that shit, and he gets pulled up to the air with his dick. And then, of course, this is when we hear Rob. He's hearing some noises now around his tent area, and he goes back and he sees that his gun has been broken. So apparently, our boy Jason has teleported powers, or he's really fast. Yeah. Right? So he's just, you know, that's what happens when you get like your, uh, your head. Did you notice, Allison, when you get your, your head uh, uh, chopped with an axe, you, 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 you get develop, faster. You get faster. Yes. It's a known yeah. fact. That's well, that's one thing Zito said about this movie is that he didn't want to make Jason slow and lumbering like he was in part three. Yeah. He wanted him to be fast and he wanted him to be able to chase people. Yeah. So it does uh-huh. make sense. But it's kind of weird to me that he would like just break the gun and leave. Like I think that's odd. It's almost like Jason's like a Bigfoot or something. Well, yeah. Well, it's just like it's it's also interesting. Like, yeah, we knew he lived out there for like twenty years, but like I thought he only lived in like one little area. So I guess he knows everywhere to go. Like he knows all around the whole surrounding area. Well, I mean, what else would he be doing for twenty years? He, I mean, he knows everything. He knows every area. I don't know. Eating birds. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> So now Jimmy is in Paul's room, and this is where he's going to be fucking Tina, and the bed falls. Okay. Of course it does. So the kids, the the, the rest of the kids, we got Ted, we got, Tri- well, what was it, Terry? Yeah, Ted, Terry, and we got Sarah and Doug. They're all watching like an old 50s porn. Oh. No, this is much older than that. This movie, okay. the movie oh, they're watching on that projector was made in like, Probably the twenties at the latest. Okay, twenties or thirties. Um, yeah, so it's like a silent like porn movie. Yeah, which there's actually a lot more of them than you would think. Yeah. So you know, like now we think of like times we live in today is like like what it's sold to us by you know certain people in the media and certain political parties and certain people of certain uh, feelings about things is that. We live in this heathenistic time when nothing's and nobody's nobody ever did drugs before and nobody ever had sex out of marriage before and now we live in these horrible sinful times. No, so in the twenties and the thirties, like people fucked way more than they do now and they did drugs way more than they do now. Oh yeah, and they made porn movies just the same as they do now. And this is one of the ones we're watching. Even there was no uh, contact; it, it was just like this girl like showing off her tits. But anyway, our right, boy Ted yeah. loves this movie. He's going going crazy on it. And then uh, tr- uh, Terry, she was thinking about it at first. Like she's like, okay, well, you know, Tina's up there fucking. There's couples here. I was like, maybe I'll try this Ted out. She looks at Ted. Ted gives her a teddy bear. Says a lame joke. She's like, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> it's like nah, <laughs> not for that not, joke. Not for, not for me. So now she goes up to Tina. I guess Tina and, and Jimmy are almost done. That was pretty quick. Yeah. Um. Because he's a dead fuck. Yeah, he's a dead fuck. Yes, but yeah, but we'll get there. And then, um, so Terry decides like I'm gonna leave, and Tina's gonna stay. 
So Terry goes outside, and of course she gets stabbed by Jason right before she gets on yeah. her bike. And we don't really see the stabbing, but we see the aftermaths of it. So like I said, a lot of these kill scenes in this movie are like very quick, like super quick. Yeah, because you don't even see her get stabbed. Yeah. So this is also, too, when we see the mom. All right. She basically did nothing in this movie at all. All right. She was just there. And the power's out. She actually goes outside, tries to turn on the power, and then she supposedly gets stabbed by Jason, even though we don't see anything. We just see a quick cut. We'll remember that for later. So now we see Trish and Tommy. They're driving home. All right. And then um, now Sarah, Allison, and everybody, she is now ready for sex. She is ready. Finally. She's like, I I saw this girl, uh, uh, Tina, just ran me take Jimmy up there. I saw this Teddy laugh. I saw this 1920s titty movie. I'm ready to go now, brother. It's it's yep. it's time. All right. I ain't gonna get more hot than this. All right. So she's getting ready for that now. And of course, Trish and Tommy arrive home and they can't find can't find the mommy anywhere. All right. So now uh Trish tells Tommy to stay in here and she's gonna go look around for the mom. All right. And then uh, f- uh Trish finds Rob's tent. All right, and then Rob tries to like slash through the tent. All right, we, we think it's supposed to be Jason, but it's actually Rob. And they're like, what the hell's going on here? So, I like my notes here. Jimmy finishes with sex. All right. He asks if he was a good, good or not, or if he was a dead fuck. So he asked the girl afterwards if he was a dead fuck. And she called him incredible, brother. There you go. Incredible. Our boy Jimmy, he got a staff on there, brother. He took, he took the best two minutes of that girl's life. All right. Mm-hmm. Made it happen. So, <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then now she she goes to I guess the restroom, and now Jimmy goes downstairs and he gives Ted Tina's panties, and saying she says I was incredible. I'm not a dead fuck. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. So, and of course, you know he's all uh, he's all feeling good. He's fe- feeling good about himself. So now we see um, uh, Jimmy. He's uh, he's feeling good about himself, and he wants he Ted basically says like we're gonna celebrate by by drinking some wine, okay? And like okay, mm-hmm. yeah, we could do that. So they go and so Jimmy's looking for the corkscrew. Hey, where's that special corkscrew? Where's it at? Where's it at? And then he eventually gets corkscrewed in the hand and acts in the face uh, really quick. Yep, super quick scene. Like damn, okay. So this is this, the, 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 the point. So now we're, we're finding some backstory about our particular uh, movie now. And the backstory is um, Rob is, is telling the story about his sister mm-hmm. who supposedly got killed by Jason here in the Crystal Lake. Uh, she was... He, he is the brother of Sandra and Sandra yes. was in number two. She was the one mm-hmm. getting it on with her boy Jeff, the one that got stabbed yeah. in the bed. All yeah. right. So he's talking about how, you know, a good girl she was. And, you know, this is when Jeff's saying, like, you know, I know this guy Jason's still alive out here. And this is when did we find out, like, Trish is saying, like, no, no, like, his body was, like, found and, you know, he was in the, the morgue and stuff. He was dead. He's, and it's like, like, it's like no, he's not, they, they, the body's not there anymore. 
She's like, yeah, it got stolen. He's like, do you think it got stolen? It didn't get stolen. They're just covering it up. And he's just, he might be out here now and I got to find the guy, you know? And right. Then it, then so, it, go ahead. I was going to say, so at this point in the movie, it kind of makes you, gives the impression that he's been looking for Jason for years. When his sister was only killed two days ago. Well. You know what I mean? Like, how long no, no, like, no, no, did he no, just. No. So, well, okay, maybe. So, so number two. All right. That, no, I think number two. Yeah. So, anyway, so, yeah, number two, it ended. And then number three picked up, like, the very next day, right? Or, like, maybe, like, right, two days. the next day. Probably like two, may, a no, day or it two. Was the ne- it was the uh, yeah. well, maybe at the most a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. So his, so his sister died like three days before this. Yeah. But they make it. They imply that he's like kind of been out there looking for Jason forever. Like he's researched Jason. He's done all this shit. But you know, he's his sister really only died like three, two or three days before. Well, you know, this. you can so do like, a lot. How much research day. could he have done? How about, I guess so. Maybe he just got there. <laughs> Maybe, like, maybe it's taking my time. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty much characters. So then they realize Tommy is all by himself at the house, so they all try to go to the to the house with Tommy. So this is when we see Sarah and Paul. They're all getting it on in the shower now. All right, and then of course Jason's around the house and he grabs a knife. All right, and we see Ted. He's playing with his teddy bear, and mm-hmm. he's still watching the old school twenties porn. And then yep. the he goes up and tries to touch her titty from, from the from the screen. <laughs> the thing that the 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 screen stops. He looks yeah. on. He can't see through past the light. And he eventually gets stabbed from the back. Very quick death scene as well too. So our boy Ted's out there as well. So uh, Sarah and Paul they finished. You know what I mean? Everybody's kind of mm-hmm. a quick to the draw over here. Paul said he's in heaven now, and of course Sarah's like. I think I might be in love. He's like, what? He's like, oh, nothing. Like, oh, okay. oh, nothing. I was like, guys definitely wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah, you can, you can tell. So Sarah just goes and like dries her hair and Doug's like singing in the shower, right? And then the lights go off and she thinks, he's, she thinks it's going to be round number two. And of course, Jason comes through the shower and grabs his face and crushes it through the, through the door. Sarah goes back to see him. Then she eventually sees his dead head hanging out of the fucking shower. She freaks out. Uh, she tries to leave, but then she gets axed through the door. So, so Jason killed Doug, ran all the way outside because she, she you know, I could see that. Maybe he ran all the way outside, knew she was going to run down the stairs. But how did he, he's so powerful that he could take an axe and an axe through the door onto her, onto her chest. Yeah, and kill her. And yeah. kill her. So, not only did... I mean, I could see... Maybe, you know, I was out there for like 20-something years. Maybe did some axe throwing on his own. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely mm-hmm. someone who's never tried to use an axe before. But this this axe went right through the fucking door, though, and then killed her. I was like, damn, okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, no. Like, I mean, I use an axe. You know, I mean, you know, I use an axe to cut my firewood. Yeah. Um, axes are actually kind of hard to use. So, like, I mean, some doors are hollow. Like, you know, they're not solid doors. So, I mean, I guess maybe you could do that, but I'm pretty sure that if you try to stick an axe through even a hollow door, um, like an inner door, it would still stick in the door. Yeah. And you have to pull it back out and then push it back through again. 
So we got. But it makes the movie look better, I guess. Yeah. So we get Trish and Rob. They're back to the house. You know, they were worried about Tommy. He's okay. You know, they they uh, they decide to go look. You know, they they want to go next door to see what's going on. See see if anything's going on next door. So they tell. Not only did they break. I like how they broke into the house of Tommy's house. Like, didn't the girl mm-hmm. have a fucking key? <laughs> and then they broke in. I mean, maybe they just didn't have it with them. Yeah. And then, like, they're like, okay, well, we broke in here to save you, but you're okay, so we're going to go, we're going to leave you here again. (laughs) (laughs) So they go to the, uh, they go to the kid's house. You know, all those kids are pretty much dead by now. And they go in there. Somehow, in the meantime, Jason has hid all the bodies. And uh, Rob decides to go downstairs. All right, to see if anything's happening in the basement, the dreaded 80s basement. Yes. Uh, and then Trish sees the dog. All right, run upstairs. And she's like, oh, fuck. So she goes to chase the dog. And she eventually sees the, the bathtub area. And she sees the two dead bodies in the bathtub area. She freaks out saying, hey, he's here, he's here, he's here. She goes down to get Rob. They, like, first go upstairs. And then they go, like, back downstairs. So I guess maybe he saw Jason. Like, somehow Jason mm-hmm. was actually in the basement the whole time. So Rob decides to fight Jason, and he just gets his ass whipped. He does. Like, what if, like, the, the revenge story was not there. Okay? <laughs> no, he, the revenge story was not there. He, is a like, epic, he, just, he yeah. just got destroyed. Epic fail for our boy Rob here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't even get any booty. I was like, did huh. not go. It did not go the way he thought this was plan was going to <laughs> no. go. What was his plan like? His plan was to kill Jason, but obviously he was a complete nincompoop at that, and uh, it was not going to happen. All right. So, yeah, he got his ass whipped. Trish is freaking out now. She tries to leave, but Jason tries to grab her through the floor. I thought that part was pretty cool. She eventually escaped. They got this girl running a lot, though. Like, she's she ran all the way home. All right. Tells Tommy, board up the doors. They must not know the, the uh, superpowers that we'll see here soon. So nope. they're trying to board up the doors and lock the windows. And Jason just flickers Rob's dead body through the fucking window, which I thought. I always, th- I always thought those parts are cool in the Jason series where they just take the dead bodies and throw them through the window. Th- yeah, throw them through the window. Yeah. yeah. So, then of course, then uh, Jason, he pops out of the window and he uh, grabs Tommy. And then uh, Trish, she uses the back of the hammer to knock him out for one second. <laughs> 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 so like not it's not even like a cut where he's breaking through the front door throwing an axe at her like jason's basically no selling any everything right, yeah at no this selling. point we've already lost everything we've had yeah. in two and three where he'd get hit and at least yeah. make a noise where yeah, he'd be like no, no no like you can hit him with not everything anymore. he's like, back, you know, like, like we're saying like like we're saying on number two you know it was weird to see at this time like jason he was just getting flickered by anything he would just fall down yeah and constantly falling down, you know, being more realistic. This guy, this, this Jason right here, brother, ain't nothing stopping him right now. And it's only going to get crazier. So, oh, yeah. So, th- so they go up to the, they, they, they lock a room. All right. They, they go upstairs and they put a, like a bookcase in front of the room. Jason breaks into it. There's a shining gimmick where he breaks through the fucking door. Okay. So, by the way, Tommy also read some of uh, Rob's notes about Jason, by the way. That's going to come up later. So they get out of there, and this is when um, she 
she well they they don't get out of this so they 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 start fighting Jason a little bit and they actually knock Jason out. Okay, and because like because uh uh Trish takes an old school tube TV and throws it on fucking Jason's head. All right. Okay. Well, those things were heavy. Yeah, just threw it out of his fucking head. And her plan was, hey, Tommy, you just run. And he's probably he's probably still alive because, you know, I did my 80s research at the time. And he's probably yeah. still alive, you know, through a tube TV on his head. Um, so just run, keep running, and keep running. And it's like, is that okay? So she goes out there. Jason's awake, tries to stab her. Um, Tommy runs, but he doesn't run all the way out of the house. And then this is when we get fucking Trish. She sprinted, bro. Like, all the way to the fucking next house. Like, all the way upstairs, all the way to the next house. Jason chasing right behind her. Then she jumps out of the fucking window, very slow motion, gets up, and then runs back to the house. It's like, fuck. I mean, how many takes do you have to do that, man? No one does She might have been fit after that scene, just fucking constantly running. All right, so now she's, uh, uh, she's in the house, and she realizes that Tommy is still in the house. She wanted she 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 did that for the for Tommy to run away. You know what I mean? But he didn't run away. Tommy does, so she's a little angry right now. And of course we see Jason coming in there, starting to attack her, and this is when we get uh Tommy. He is now shaving his head. Yes. Alright. Being a little trickster over here. And we start seeing a big uh, fight scene between uh, Trish and and Jason, uh, you know, back and forth with the machete. First, Trish has the machete, and it gets knocked down. Then then Jason gets it. He knocks the light down, and then he's basically on top of her. He's about to be choking her out. Then Tommy comes up next to her. Tommy's now looking like an old, Jason, like what he's looking like as a kid. Mm-hmm. He did a little bit of makeup and cut his hair just in the right amount of time. Jason just stares at his ass like, oh, that's kind of weird. Me <laughs> <laughs> is motherfucking confused. Yeah, just a little bit confused here. And the, uh, um, you know, he, he keeps saying Jason and Jason. And then eventually Trish comes up right behind him, uses the machete to, to cut his face. And this is when we get the mask off. Jason, the hockey mask off Jason. And he pretty much is looking like the... Uh, the this disformed hillbilly that we saw from number two dream sequence without without the long without the long hair and the beard uh, and the beard he, look, he looks kind of like a neanderthal in this movie yeah so he is so you know he's he, he masked off in the hair he's all bloody and stuff so now he's looking back and now now we got tommy he grabs the machete and fucking just cuts the back of jason's head like right right like near his eye and he like throws a machete right on like side of his face, right next to his eye. Then we have Jason's like mm-hmm. slowly falling on the knife and everything to symbolize that he's actually being dead right now. And uh, like we were saying earlier, all the scenes of the death scenes were super quick. Like they all happened; they didn't linger. This is the only scene of a death scene that lingered. So, but that was done on purpose. Um, they wanted to do it this way to to have a big stamp on Jason's death. Like we saw all these other people dying quickly, but they want to have a big stamp on like, yes, Jason is actually being killed right here, right now, on the scene. Yeah, it's over. There'll it's never over, be another one of these. Never. So that's the big uh, Jason dying scene where he got tricked by young Tommy dressing like him as a boy, 
Trish yeah. hits him with the knife. Then Tommy takes the knife and just roggles his head. But then uh, they start hugging each other. All right. Tommy sees that Jason's fingers are still moving. So he takes the machete and just fucking machetes this motherfucker's pretty much like he had to cut his head off at least or fucked his head up or something. Yeah, he's fucked him up. Like, yeah. he's cut him into pieces. Like, surely he's dead at this point, right? Yeah. So, Which he is. Yes. So now this is when we give two different endings. All right? Yeah. So which one should I do first? The canon one or the edited one? No, let's do the canon one first. Okay. So the canon one is she wakes up at the hospital, like all, you know, like number one. And yeah. they're saying, hey, you know, we got you out there in time. You know, because of the shoulder, you know, his shoulder will be okay. And she's like, you're not answering my question. It's like, okay, yeah, the boy's okay. And, uh, you know, the boy is doing okay. Tommy, he'll be, he'll be okay. He has a couple of trauma and stuff, but uh, he should be, uh, he should be fine. He's like, well, can I see him? He's like, yeah, you can. So we see Tommy, he still has his hair all fucked up like Jason and everything. And he's sitting there and then he gives her a hug. They all hug. And then you can see that there's some evil in his eye. He does the old Bret Hart, Roman Reigns stare when you give somebody a hug. He has some evil yep. intentions, brother. Kind of like we would see a couple years later in Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, where it's implied that Daniel Harris's character is going to be like the new evil or the evil has inherited her. A couple mm-hmm. years before that, that's where we get Tommy, where the evil of Jason or something has supposedly inherited him. So... That's how we get uh, this ending from this one. And then the uh, the edited ending that they didn't use, they were thinking about using it, but they didn't, was it's the next morning. They all wake up. Tommy and uh, 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 Trish, they wake up. They can hear police sirens happening. Uh, Trish tells Tommy to go out to the police. She sees some water drip, which is kind of weird mm-hmm. because there's two reasons why they couldn't use this ending, and I'll explain it in a second. She sees some water drip from the bathtub. She goes all the way up to the bathtub and she sees her dead mom right there in the bathtub. And so we see Jason behind her about to swing at her and it didn't happen. It was all just a dream. Okay. So that's, that's the uh, edited ending. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, the canon ending is better though. Yeah. The canon ending is a little better. It kind of like leaves it open for more character development for the, for the Tommy character. Okay. True. But, yeah, after they give the hug and he looks on up, that's the end. Of, that's it. Friday the 13th, man. It's all over. It's all over. So is our reviews what are, what else? for September as well. This is it for yeah. September. What else? What, whatever we, are we going to do next month? I mean, I don't know, man. Like, like we, we promised a two-month-long Halloween extra, uh, extravaganza talking every Friday the 13th movie in the 1980s. What are we going to do since yeah, this is the final know- one? You know what would be amazing if what? we could do for next month instead of since there's no more of these Friday the 13th movies like we thought there was going to be? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. It'd be really cool if they just made another one yeah. that had nothing to do with the other movies. Bro, perfect. Yeah. I mean, I got one. I got, uh, apparently, I got like a leaked copy of one we can do in October if you want to. What is it? It's called uh, Friday the 13th. A new beginning. Oh, we're starting over again. Yeah, we're starting over, brother. You know, Let's new, do it. see, see, see the Friday. They, they knew we were doing this extravaganza. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, bro, like they promised like two months. So like we gotta like we we'll gotta just, make enough. We'll of these. just restart the shit. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, we'll just start it over again. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. Yeah. It's a new month for us. Yeah, 
Um, it's it's a new new fucking beginning. Yeah, for Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, come on now. All right, <laughs> it's a, we're gonna make it happen, man. All right, it's a new beginning, brother. Yep, absolutely. So, but you know, we are gonna bring back a certain character of new beginning. Mm-hmm. One named Tommy. We are. We're gonna have the uh, the Tommy saga coming up there in October, brother. Yeah. But, yeah, Tommy's Tommy. Tommy does come back and play an important role. You know, we got to keep his character. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I told I told him at the studio, like, you know, at least keep somebody from the from the original four. Exactly, exactly. And you know, and, and honestly, going down the road, if it weren't for Tommy's stupidity, these movies would have ended a lot quicker. Yeah. So there you go, brother. But anyway, hope you all enjoyed it. Friday the thirteenth, the 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 final one. All right, the final, final chapter. One, final chapter. Until next week, when we come back with another one but uh i thought it was okay you know pretty good of uh, the original four i guess to uh to end it off on you know i thought this one was it, this was this wasn't my favorite one out of the four but no. it, it was it was it was good i liked it that had a lot yeah. of good parts like, to it i have like a i have a, a soft spot in my heart for this movie because yeah. those first four friday movies <clears throat> to me are, are are um i remember them coming out and a lot of people watching them before I was, I watched horror movies in a way. Like yeah. I, I would start watching horror movies like right when part four came out. So 1984. So I was like nine years old or whatever. So like, I remember them coming out and being terrified of them until I started watching them. And I'm like, Oh, and then it became like this, uh, you know, like a trusted friend, I guess you could say. So I love these first four movies because even if they're bad, I love them just because of how they make me feel when I watch them again. And I haven't watched them in a long, long time, so I'm getting that feeling again. Like as I'm as we're watching these, I feel yeah. like I'm reliving time, and it, it's pretty amazing for me. Yeah, actually, it's definitely fun. We had we had a, a very fun uh, month here in September talking the original yep. four uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies. Uh, definitely fun, but you know, it moves on, brother. Going into October, we're going to be talking about. Some more Friday the 13th film. And, of course, we have a special Halloween review we're we doing, do. too. Plus, we have a special Lights Out coming in the uh, October, too. So, October is going to be a big month, brother. All right? Yeah, it only gets bigger from here. You thought mm. that September was amazing because we oh. were starting Halloween a month early? Nah. Oh. October is going to be fucking great. It's going to be crazy, bro. We got so much shit to do. It's going to be great. We got we got a couple more Retro Boat shorts coming out. Yep. Um, we got... Uh, by the way, check, check out the YouTube channel, everybody. Got the RetroBuzz shorts on there. Got a couple of clip bites from each episode on there as well, too. Um, check out the Instagram page where you can see yep. the happenings of what's happening with the RetroBuzz and, of course, the Facebook page as well. Um, we're on threads as well, too, even though I haven't really done too much on there, but we're on there as well, too. Follow us on there for discussions. And, of course, we will be back here next week with Friday the 13th, a new beginning. Start, starting a new beginning of a new month for us in October. October Absolutely. of 2023 is here, brother. I can't wait. Woo! Cannot wait. Cannot let's do wait. it. But let's get out of here with some Venom, brother. How about we do Venom. the song Cry Wolf? Because, sure. bro, there are so many people crying wolf in this fucking film. All right? My boy, my boy Jimmy. All right? Yep. Thinking he was a dead fuck, even though he has a stack Fucking, he can he fucking get that girl Tina. He gave her the last yep. five minutes of her life. Okay, Rob was crying wolf, trying to find his sister. Only got killed like two days earlier, and he found out he's there for yep. a year. But he's crying yep. wolf, trying to kill Jason, and of course Trish. Then the then the wolf shows up. <laughs> yeah, then the wolf shows up, kills his ass in like two seconds. 
Trish, we won't probably won't see again, but you know she was there. So there you go, brother. Make it happen. Crying wolf. So James Klein, Jay Allison, we will see you guys here for our Halloween October next month. See you guys.